From UW Tacoma, this is Pod Defiance. Welcome to Pod Defiance, where we don't lecture, but we do educate. I'm Eric Wilson-Edge. Today on the pod, the last of our 2020 reflections. In this episode, we'll hear from UW Tacoma's Lorraine Donnell, Joel Larson, and Maria Tanya Bandes B. Weingarten, as they discuss everything from remodeling a home, to building a home office, to organizing a virtual theater performance, to completing a doctorate. My name is Lorraine Donnell, and I'm the Associate Director for University Academic Advising and an affiliate faculty with the School of Interdisciplinary Arts and Sciences at UW-Tacoma. I worked at UW-Tacoma for 12 years, and I'm also an alumna of the university. Research suggests that crises, while they're accompanied by stress and suffering, can also motivate us to find new purposeful directions in life. So amid today's global pandemic, and what a crazy year 2020 has been, I decided to focus on just that, finding purpose and achieving my goals. During this pandemic and quarantine, I have found so many ways to keep myself busy. I'll share about two things that have kept me particularly busy and working in overdrive lately. One, renovating a house, and two, completing my doctorate. So I purchased this house as an investment, knowing I'd have to do some renovating. I probably watched a little too much HGTV, and so I was inspired to DIY most of the work. I think one of the best ways to learn is to take action, so that's what I did. I dove in and got started on projects. Now, there are things I knew I'd be doing, like landscaping, painting interior walls, installing blinds, sanding and painting cabinets, installing hardware, light fixtures, new vent covers. But I think many of us know that from time to time, unforeseen things pop up. For me, that was a busted irrigation pipe that sprayed water like a geyser and created a literal river on my street. I'm talking water and mud flowing nearly 200 feet down the road. Now, I didn't mention that all of this happened, of course, while I was out of town. Thankfully, I have some awesome neighbors who notified me of the river being created, and they were able to shut off the water until I returned home. My sister and her fiancé live in the same neighborhood, so they came over to dig and help locate the area where the pipe had been damaged. Initially, when the irrigation pipe was installed, I learned that corners were cut by the subcontractors, leading to rock shredding through the pipe over time and causing the leak. It goes without saying that it was a mess. We were a mess. The road was a mess, covered in water and mud, and my water bill skyrocketed that month. So, Some of the projects that have kept me particularly busy were having that busted pipe fixed. I also fixed the irrigation system and put in new sprinkler heads. I installed an irrigation double check valve and then successfully passed the backflow inspection for that. That busted pipe that I mentioned, it caused the entire driveway to crack. So I worked to bust out the driveway, disposed of the broken concrete pieces, and then mixed and poured 36 80-pound bags of new concrete. I also overseeded and reseeded the lawn, installed woodland plank flooring, and epoxied the counters. Whoa, 
Looking back on that, that's a lot. Needless to say, I learned a ton during this entire process. Overall, I enjoy most of the projects. I'm really not artistic, but the counter project was probably my favorite. I actually impressed myself and the counters looked great. Going from an orange tan laminate to a pretty white Carrera marble. I know that I strongly dislike laying flooring. I learned the hard way that knee pads would have been a great investment. My knees had bruises after laying the flooring and I was so sore. In each of the projects, I was reminded and challenged to practice patience, but seeing the transformation from before and after pictures is awesome and really made it all worth it. All of the remodeling also gave me a greater appreciation for the work and talent of contractors. As if the house projects weren't enough, I decided to revisit and finish my doctorate. I was the first in my family to graduate from college, so pursuing my graduate education was super foreign to me. I've been fortunate to have people in my personal and professional life who saw potential in me and encouraged me to pursue graduate education, both my master's and doctorate. I began my doctor of education journey in 2014. Over the past six years, so much good has happened in my life. But like many others, I have also experienced some unfortunate, sad, and life-changing events. During that time, my grandma passed away. She and I were incredibly close, and she was one of my biggest cheerleaders while I pursued my education. I decided to take some time off from writing my dissertation to focus on grieving and healing. The second life challenge that I experienced was divorce. During that time, I knew it would be best to take a break from writing again and focus on things in my personal life. Well, that break went from six months to a year, to a year and a half, to, well, you get the picture. In 2020, I decided this is it. No more pushing things off. Life's too short. I have to do this for myself, my grandma, my nephew, my future family. It was honestly super frustrating for me to begin writing again. I felt incredibly defeated. Before life's detours, I was the first in my cohort to complete my first three chapters. My research had been completed for nearly two years prior, and it just seemed super daunting to pick it up again. Thankfully, my dissertation chair, Dr. Morris, has been so incredibly understanding, encouraging, and supportive. Life isn't always clear, and things happen that might detour us, but it's important to keep pursuing our goals and the things that we're passionate about. So fast forward to today, I've written chapter four, and I'm completing chapter five of my dissertation and preparing to defend in February all while working and doing my best to keep connected with family and friends. I've definitely kept busy. I guess you can say that during the pandemic, I've been remodeling both my house and myself. I'm blessed because I have these opportunities that challenge me, bring me joy, and allow me to be productive and work towards my personal goals. Especially during these difficult times, it's important to me that I remember all that I have to be grateful for and keep that perspective. 2020 um, 
was one of those years that started off kind of weird. Uh, we had impeachment, we had fires, we had world conflict, and then everything kind of came to a halt. And I'll remember the date. March 13th is the day that uh, we all said goodbye at work and started working from home, all of us. Um, it was also the day that I was supposed to open a show uh, at Tacoma Musical Playhouse, and that was canceled, and we haven't gone back since. We learned a lot, you know, how to operate differently in those first couple of weeks working from home, we centralized our communication to Microsoft Teams and Zoom. We have gravitated towards Zoom and tend to like Zoom for our video conferencing better. We figured out how to install and configure the voice over IP software for our office phones so we could do that and we could control them a little more remotely than having to actually physically go in and touch them to forward them or turn on and turn off, do not disturb. I figured out that uh, I could sync my cell phone to my computer so that when my phone rings, I don't have to switch headphones and change gears. I can just answer the phone on my computer and talk through the same headphones that I use for Zoom and everything else. You know, we've adjusted to working remotely. I miss people. What I really miss are the unscheduled interactions that you have with people, the what I'll call the hallway conversations or the before and after meeting conversations, the people you run into in conference rooms and say, oh, hey, what's going on with XYZ? And they give you a quick update. Or you see somebody as you're walking across campus and you remember that you know you wanted to ask them a question or you needed to get them something. And you don't quite have those incidental, intangible moments when you're working from home. For the first six months, I sat at my dining room table and that got uncomfortable and then having to tear down and rebuild my office basically every day because it was our dining room table. And then I moved into a desk in a corner. And then finally, I, uh, over the summer, created myself 40 square feet in my garage. And I now have a little office in my garage that I work out of and uh, it'll probably remain permanent in some fashion after we return to full-time working on campus. But then again, will we <laughs> go back to full-time working on campus in our offices from an administrative point of view? I've become the stay-at-home parent, and I'm the one who's getting the kids ready for school now. And I mean, I was before, but not as much. Uh, and, and managing online school with two teenagers, you know, hasn't been... The greatest, my kids aren't very motivated to work remotely. And, and then even then, trying to find them activities to do, it's all online as well, at least the things that they want to do. And so they're just in front of the computer all day long. And that's gotten worrisome. So we've been trying to do more family activities and go for walks or go on an adventure, go for a road trip. Usually one day road trip where we go somewhere and hike around or walk around somewhere outside and then come back. We have done a couple of Airbnbs and those, the ones that we have stayed in have been pretty clean and had like 48 hour gaps between reservations and things like that. So we've been making do. I would call, how am I doing, uh, surviving 
I'm making do with what we can. I, you know, miss being able to take a break and go out for lunch. I miss being able to call up a friend and say, hey, let's go grab a drink at a bar and have that social connection. I belong to a a social club, a fraternal club, and we've been closed. And we meet, we still meet at our weekly time. We just meet on Zoom, like everything else. And, you know, the positive side of that is we have some members that haven't been able to physically make it to our meeting time and but have been coming to the zoom meetings and so you know we we have members and member activity that we haven't had in the past which is kind of nice i'm finding joy in little things i am listening to more music i'm curating music and learning about music and you know creating spotify playlists and things like that and and that's bringing me some joy because i'm learning about i i appreciate music and but now i'm learning about it and that kind of is nice. What will normalcy look like? I think we will see a lot more video conferencing and meetings. I think we'll see people working from home for a half a day or a couple days a week and doing more co-parenting and being more open to those remote situations when you don't have a whole bunch of meetings on your calendar and can maybe work from home instead of coming into the office. I'm hoping for that someday, someday soon, even if it's in a partial return to normalcy. We've started having some people go back and working on campus one or two days a week and are trying to manage that so that there's not too many people in too many spaces at once. I'm hoping for some civility, some understanding, some more flexibility. Uh, I've always been a proponent of work-life balance and maybe seeing how to incorporate that more and being more open to that. But, you know, you still have to get your work done. And sometimes the only way to do that is in person. But I think there's efficiencies that have been gained and things that we've seen that we didn't realize or things that we have learned that we weren't doing very well that we had to figure out a way to get done remotely. So that's been interesting. What are some habits that I've picked up in the last year? I have a ritual of making myself pour over coffee in the morning and sometimes in the early afternoon. And that's a moment because it takes 10 to 15 minutes to do. It's a moment to kind of recollect my thoughts, recenter. It's almost meditative in some aspects as you're pouring hot water over coffee grounds in a funnel. And I expect that to stay. We have a hot kettle at work. I always just would drop a Keurig cup in the Keurig and make myself a cup of coffee. But uh, I think making myself pour over once I return to the office is something that will be a ritual that I'll continue from now on going forward. Um, having family time where we all walk away from our screens and spend time together playing a board game or reading or watching something on TV together. Yes, it's another screen, but we're doing it together and we're not all off in four corners of the house doing something different. January 1, 2021 is here. And but that's not really the end of 2020 as as we call it. There's still a lot left to work through. But I think we'll do it. We're moving. We're continuing to move forward. Yes, I do worry about the other news that's going on, the frustrations of misinformation and people who cling to that. But I think ultimately 
the good in people will prevail and we will solve our issues by thinking about everyone and coming together to do the right things. And I'm looking forward to doing those things together. My name is Maria Tanya Bandez B. Weingarten. I am an assistant teaching professor in CAC, and I teach theater. And I am reflecting on 2020. So 2020 has been hard because I am not particularly fond of big changes, especially when they rear their ugly heads so abruptly. Uh, the biggest changes that I can think of right now are just having the kids home all the time, teaching online, and the reality of live theater. But through all of it, I have been on this quest to find the silver lining in all things 2020. So first, I love my kids. I love my kids. And that's what I keep reminding myself. I love my kids. Because there are days when the endless things being out of place, dishes finding themselves in the sink, just waiting for the dish fairy to wash them. By the way, the only dish fairies are me and my wife. Um, and the noise, uh, the noise is endless. There's always noise. And I just keep reminding myself that I love them and that I always wanted a large, boisterous family. I grew up an only child, so I always wanted a family that was loud and rowdy because my house growing up was quiet and, in my opinion, lonely. I felt lonely. I certainly don't feel lonely now. It's been almost a year of not having any time alone. I go back and forth between being elated that all my duckies are home and safe under one roof and realizing what an amazing gift this has been um, and needing to have a break from all of that. So one silver lining of 2020 has been the ability to slow down and perhaps enjoy some of that. Um, since things have halted, we've spent a lot of time enjoying just being a family, having lazy evenings and PJs and watching movies, lazy mornings where we don't get ready for the day till noon. And this time is really indeed precious. And our family has been fortunate to be able to enjoy that. I think all of us working parents are also realizing what an incredible gift teachers are, if we didn't know that already. Trying to figure out sixth grade math has not been fun. Um, YouTube has been my tutor when my wife has been at work since she's the math mind in our house. And forget about high school math. My son is taking AP stats and he knows not to even bother asking me any question about that. But all in all, I suppose that if I'm to reflect on how family life is at the end of 2020, I think I can say that we are closer than we were at the start. And I can't be mad about that. We have had our bumps. Um, spending so much time together has put a microscope on things at times. But in the end, we have had long conversations that I don't know that we would have had if we weren't forced to exist in the same space as much. And this is especially poignant as we are 
preparing to send two kids off to college in the fall of 2021. I do wonder what school will be like for them in the fall. Will we all go back to in-person classes by then? I hope so. <laughs> Learning to teach online was, wow, a lot. Kudos to those of you who have been teaching online all along. Like for me, teaching online has had its very unique challenges because theater relies on human connection. It thrives on exploring the spirit of collaboration. Right, the live theatrical experience versus a film performance, for example, is fundamental to theater classes. And I avoided teaching theater or acting really online the first quarter that we were online. And I switched to more theory-based courses. But this fall, I taught my first acting class using Zoom. And I have learned a lot. I have learned what games and activities work on Zoom what games and activities don't work. But most of all, I have learned to be kind to myself in the process. Seriously, some days I would get off a Zoom class and think, oh geez, that was the worst experience ever. I am the worst. And other times I would think, oh wow, I am freaking brilliant. I am a boss. But really it was all about taking it day by day, game by game, and I learned and I took input from my stu students and I learned some more. And we all went into it not knowing how it was going to work, but we figured it out together. The year forced me to learn new things. That's the silver lining, right? I know things now, techniques, processes, qualities that I will carry with me. So I suppose that's not all bad. Many of the lessons I learned from my acting classes I now take with me as I venture into UWT's first virtual performance. But I also know that it's not all the same thing. A virtual production is not the same thing as a live production. You can be entertained from it still, you can be amused and moved, but in my experience, it's just not the same as live theater. Because live theater is so many things at once. Live theater is a communal experience. It is a relationship. It is a living, breathing thing. It is a moment. My life has been forever changed from experiences I have had while watching and participating in the theater. That is powerful. Man, I miss that. I miss that. Silver lining. Oh, during this not-so-brief intermission from live theater, I have done some work in anti-racist theater. I have been to workshops and participated in dialogues to promote change. I have acknowledged my own pain as a queer Latinx femme woman who has worked in the theater while also recognizing where I have been complicit in perpetuating a racist system. Oh, and that's just, oh, it's painful work. And if I'm being honest, sometimes I don't want to do it because it is hard. So this particular silver lining is not so clear, not as the others anyway. Having the time to dismantle a system is awesome. In many ways, it is a gift. This gift of time is just so great, but it is so challenging to do this work. So while I miss live theater so, so, so much for all of its amazing possibilities, 
this time to work on this system that has been so hurtful to so many people I love and to myself is a silver lining. So as I start 2021, I have to remind myself of the things that have been good this last year. The little things like not wearing real pants and being able to drive less and getting up later and the big things like spending more time with my wife and kids and learning new skills that ultimately make me a better professor and time to examine a racist system that has needed to change for a long time. So here's looking at you 2021. Though I welcome opportunities to grow, just please, please be a little kinder. Thank you for listening. And thank you to UW Tacoma's Kim Davenport for her rendition of Old Lang Syne. Be sure to like and subscribe. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast directories. Thank you.